0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Disco Graffiti. Uh, this is the very beginning of a new long-form format called A Very, very Special, Special Episode. Episode. And uh, we are going to kick things off. We are actually very thrilled and honored, actually, to kick things off with Kevin Whelan, um, one of the two songwriting geniuses behind uh, New Jersey's The Wrens, and now his new outfit, Ain Station. Hello, Kevin
1: hi how are you both thanks for having me yes thanks for being
0: oh here Oh my god thank you uh congrats first of all on no more constipation my friend yes congrats on
1: getting the record out and <laughs> um, yeah. and yeah. It, and the warm reception it's got um it, that must be very satisfying so we we yeah. have
0: we have to know okay so you chose peter gabriel as your artist of choice to tackle on disco graffiti was part of the appeal the empathy you you may have felt toward him, based on the endless amount of time he took in between records. You know, I, I yes,
2: <clears throat> and that's why you know I gave a couple ideas, and he's certainly one of them. Um, and uh, you're 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 hitting it right on the head. You know, I think he's an artist of incredible proportion, and uh, and yes, there is there is something about kind of you know taking a taking a while to do things. That's yeah. for sure.
0: But it's then, a, but but you you start off as a kid in Jersey. You like him for for particular reasons. Then you you as time is going on, and you are listening to maybe some of the later stuff. You're looking at it through very different lenses based on your your professional partnership.
2: Yeah, you know it's um why it's so so intimate, right? You know, I think you know I think the one thing I have to kind of make clear, which is sort of not shared enough, is you know the Wrens have always been four people, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's it's really that kind of mix of the four, regardless of what their roles are, their positions that they play in the group, right? Each one has been so instrumental in that um, incredible, like over 30 year kind of experience. But yeah, absolutely. I have uh, <clears throat> the greatest empathy for all kinds of aspects to it because I've lived it, right? You know, uh, artists that struggle to to finish artists that struggle to start uh, artists that struggle to like not reach what they thought they were going to get. And um, yeah, it's, it's a real, it's, it's really a, it's a life lesson when you, when you go through it. There's well. really a the thing so, about
1: certain combinations of, of, of people, you know, it's like, like when you talk about it being really four people that make that sound, the, yeah. there's really some bands that really are like that, where you really need, like you know the, the uh it's you remove one of the things it it, it takes on a t- such a different character
2: no i, I think it's exactly right and, and none of that is uh you know our friendship was born out of you know the music and you know it's not often you know the beatles <clears throat> right the beatles were up and down within whatever six seven years but uh, we lived together as a band for 15 years. Yeah. I, so some, I always picture all, you
1: guys like living in one of those houses, like they had in the movie Help, where they all walk into Yeah.
2: The- <laughs> it was definitely like the monkeys and all that kind of <laughs> right. stuff. And, you know, it was sort of like in vogue at the time of, I think, the early 90s where bands could not get onto a major label and they couldn't afford a studio. So they really sort of went to their home kind of, you know, that was, I think it really was like the kind of almost like a trend at the time. Right. But we
1: really lived into it. Pretty heavy, yeah. yeah. What was that like? Uh, like the the uh, the story with the record label that you guys run? That was the label they had, like Creed and Evanescence, and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean the
2: story exactly. Finger Eleven, you know, it's a uh, so that was a super unique story. Again, it was uh, Jerry uh, McDonald who plays the drums and myself. I mean, we were kind of always in kind of driving where the record label stuff. It kind of goes right. I i recall Jerry and I were Jerry and I were really sort of admins, right? At our first jobs out of mm-hmm. college, we got our jobs out of the back of the New York Times, and we were in the same office. We sat next to each other. We lived with each other. Walked on the bus together. You know, he's a true brother. And I remember we got our first record contract uh, sent to us via a fax machine. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and then and then we had this guy who said, "Hi, I'm going to buy the label." and his name was Alan Meltzer. And he said for us to come meet him, and it was really like a movie. Like, we went to this weird building in New York City. He rented out a whole floor. He was in a massive conference room with, like, one of these, like, 30-foot tables. And he was this guy sitting at the end of it. And Jory and and I are looking at each other like – what the hell is this? And he's like, I'm gonna make you guys, you know, rich and famous. And we were like, Really? Can we can we get some bus fare at home? Like, that's all we really want. The,
1: the so. part that's fascinating to me is I know they wanted you to change your sound, but I'm trying to picture yeah. what they were what they what they have. Yeah, what,
0: what was the eventual what were they hoping for?
2: You know, I think they were hoping for like we were talking about with Peter Gabriel, they were really hoping for hits, whatever that meant. Did they
0: give you yeah. specific notes?
1: Like, if you could sound like this mixed with this. They, like, they want you to like, sound like Weezer or something? Or, like, do they? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I think they wanted us to sound crunchier and poppier than right, this. Right, and at the right. time, we were making Secaucus. Right. And right. You, Great you know, record, was, man. Oh, thank you so much. I, I do love it as, as well. And they 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 were they came to our house. I mean, and we were in the basement and we it was like a wood shop that some guy mm-hmm. made in his house. I mean, there's that's where we made the record. And they came with their their A and R guy, who was some dude that was always on cocaine and just like completely insane. And he was like, These are two hits and we're like, A hit? Are you sure? So we picked like, you know, Rest Your Head and Surprise Honeycomb. Mm-hmm. And they put this they they put us into a studio. To re-record those songs, and they are so bad. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, you, yeah. it was like they're like rancid versions. You want to vomit. But right. they were hoping to make hits out of those songs in particular or others. Right. right. And they were never going to get it. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Right, right. But anyway, yeah. So they offered us, and it's sort of like an interesting story. But it really was, you know. I could tell Uh, how
0: nice you were going to be because you had actually talked in some other piece about uh, taking advantage of this poor A&R guy who offered to buy you food. Well, they
1: gave you an advance or something, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was like, you really, yeah, they, you know, we needed rent. And that's the only thing I kind of look back on that was kind of shitty. Right. You know, and he gave us 10 grand to kind of live because we had nothing. And we sort of said, we'll sign. And then, but you know, at the end of the day, all stories are written and we just couldn't, we couldn't bear, and it was. We came to like loggerheads. I didn't go into yeah, it, but yeah. there was like this cantankerous meeting where, you know, I'm going to sign the next band. And right. he did. So when you yeah. were
1: making the Meadowlands, that that's basically what you what you ended up making, right? After that, after that record deal ended. Uh, you know, what's
2: weird is that's that's it is, but that really is six seven years later, and that's like a journey through hell. Like it was right. a
1: lost. A right. lost period. Them. right so, so what was what was the status of the band in those years are you kind of were you starting to put that material together or were you kind of like maybe not playing so much was it you know living? that's
2: sort of where i we were together all the time recording non-stop and that's mm-hmm. when interscope came sniffing because we were friends with dismemberment plan and right. they sort of connected yeah. us in and those kind of bands and
1: in, in, in retrospect that was actually kind of a weird golden age for the record business. Yeah. <laughs> for the music business. Yeah. Because, ba- was. because bands like that could get signed and get actually some money to do things, you know. Like it didn't seem like it at the time. It seemed shitty at the time. But um in retrospect, it you know, it was actually kind of a golden age. Really. But we were
2: never part of a scene, which kind of made it even more complicated. You know, you had all those bands like Jawbreaker, you had all the DC bands, and at this government plan, we were a DC band, and they would befriend us, but we would go down there, we were just still I don't know. We weren't quirky enough to be quirky and we weren't like cool enough to be cool. It was mm-hmm. just, a, it was a weird fit.
0: Everyone I knew at the time was, was, you know, batshit crazy over the Meadowlands. Uh, everyone I knew, it became such a sensation in, in my little world and everyone's little world that, that I knew. Um, I
1: think uh, I probably, maybe Rick heard about heard was, it first. It was it was first. So we have, we Rick's have a, a one friend. of our friends who's kind of works in the pod with us. He does our Twitter. Um, it turns us to a lot of music and, uh, he was, he, oh, I think, I think cool. he was, I think Rick was the early adopter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I'm, I'm just curious, um, if you think possibly the devoted following of the Meadowlands raised the stakes too high and gave Charles some Kevin Shieldsitis that he didn't feel like he could jump over that particular hurdle he created for himself. You
2: know, <clears throat> I, I think it would be impossible to not think that there's some credence in that. Of course. You know i think you've you know all artists i think look upon their what work they've done and that really was a real high water mark or just really well received to a degree that we couldn't even we were not even ready for yeah, and only. not
1: just really like well received by press but how much how people personally related to it so you i would imagine yeah, that, yeah, it that was,
0: emotional resonance because you have all these people who were you know stuck in their jobs and
1: now you, you know, or even not, you know, like you know, I think, I think, just getting through, just getting older and and moving yeah. on through life, you know, doors closed to you, no matter what you're doing, you know,
2: it is, it's, it's, it's about that, and it was also that we were all sort of, you know sort of progressing our adolescence, right? And we, we all were in kind of weird relationships and we, we couldn't manage those. And it was a lot of boys trying to be men like in their 30s and, and you're just like, wow, this is starting to look strange. And we kind of put that into the songs, right? And yeah. that's, that I think also kind of resonated with like not having jobs, not being able to be figured out with the relationship stuff. Where am I going to go? And oh my God, now I'm in my 30s. And holy crap. I'm not It's, like it's father, almost like
0: existential terror. I mean, there's, there really is. is that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: For us, it was for sure. It was certainly real.
0: And so as that time is slipping by, I mean, all that, you know, all that time is pretty well documented as far as what went down. But, uh, yeah. but then when it really turned into uh, a well of silence, uh, is there any part of you that's connecting with what's going on as far as shaping things till they're absolutely perfect and, you know, trying to go after the the unattainable? Or are you thinking, what are we doing a long time ago?
2: Yeah, I think we're, what what were we doing a long time ago, right? I think, I think also, you know, as as everyone has to figure it out, you know, there was no, there was never money and there was no really massive, you know, kind of career. And we never really, you know, really bit the bullet. Like a lot of our friends, like the whole steady, where they're like, we're just going to tour and rock it out. You know, we were always... You know, too nervous about the songs and all that, of that was- kind of stuff. And then, and then wives and kids came in, into the picture, right? And so that, that's a really big change that we all had at that period. And, uh, you know, I, I think, and I think, like I was saying, it's all four members of the band, but there was really something about living with each other. Y- you remove a couple elements, and people don't realize how important those elements were until they're gone. Right,
1: well, for sure. I would think it must be hard trying to make the 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 financials make sense. I mean, probably at some point, right? You guys probably got offered big uh, like festival slots and stuff, right? Like that were that were fairly big checks. But to really the, to really kind of maintain it and live off it, you got to really be out there grinding. To, to really, you know, i got to gotta tell it. you,
2: it's so. I haven't said this at all. We were never offered any of that. Huh, that's ever.
1: that's really surprising to me.
2: It is kind of really super surprising because we had no infrastructure. Like, you know, right. you know like I, like I said, that was um, like, you were saying, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a moment in time, right. You know, we were, you know, and I've shared this, but, you know, we were friends with you know Ryan before he kind of like was getting in that website. I mean, we were friends with like the saddle Creek guys when they were first making their first website for Connor. Like we were lucky to be, you know, we had so many kind of first with things that kind of blew up in that, that period. Right. And um, you know, and then we had Corey who was a great friend and he did all that he could, but it really was out of his garage and we had no real distribution. Right. We, we were certainly not ready for this and that. And, and we were never offered to be an opening band for anyone. We were never offered big shows, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it was always, it was really always more, way more punk rock than anyone would, would ever remember mm-hmm. now.
1: Well, I, I guess I would imagine part of the issue is that the, the, like the Meadowlands was not an overnight smash or anything. It was kind of a slow burn that people kind yeah. of like discovered over a, a, you know so what uh, did you guys what was the did, were you already kind of not did you tour that record much you know it's uh we i think we played almost every weekend right for years uh-huh. for
2: years yeah. a long long time we had like some long kind of tours we did more of the punk rock US tours for like you know you know Secaucus and all those kind of things but for the metalland okay. we, we take our week vacations and you're exactly right so it was in 2003 but it wasn't until 2006 that we then started putting it out in Europe and that kind of vein, and then there was like this whole other sort of, because you know it just you didn't have what you have now, where it's like a so, global hit. So
1: yeah, I, what, I also think there's like now the the sort of infrastructure for what in, totally. like indie rock was not. It was kind of just kind of being birthed really. So, at what year do you start recording the follow-up?
2: Um, I you know sure. I, I I started doing my demos and scratch in 2007, and mm-hmm. and real like kind of focused attention. And I would say in 2009, 2010, we were recording and talking about how we're going to do it.
0: And so Charles 2007 is concurrently uh, laying down demos along with you.
2: He wasn't, I I think he, you know, he's always, you know, he would always be strumming and doing kind of songs I'm sure. Um, but not as, you know, I was determined to do better fast.
0: So are you, Mm -hmm. are you communicating, um, with oh, each yeah. other. Okay. So 2007 comes along and you're like, oh, I'm inspired. I'm doing all these things and he's not saying anything. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, at the time he was also doing more solo shows and he was kind of playing with other bands and, you know, or, you know, not, not many, but just, you know, a couple like, you know, with Uckerville and kind of going and stuff. And, and he was kind of exploring that sort of like the whole sort of part of music and recording other bands and kind of figure out his way as he was then getting on to you know, getting married and, and all that as well. So it was it was sort of a bit of a, a transition period because um, the longer the Meadowlands went on, in some ways it got more eerie and weird, right? And we were just mm-hmm. like, well, what are we going to do now? And what's next? And how are we going to do this? And um,
0: Do you guys have like a British sense of difficulty about, uh, or actually a New Jersey sense of difficulty, about two dudes hanging out, getting to the bottom of things emotionally?
2: Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So is that, <laughs> um, is that a tough thing yeah, with... I- but there were never like long gaps. I mean, we've always we've always talked to each other. You know, we've tried to talk to each other all the time, right? All through this period, you know, for 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 years, right? Until now, essentially.
0: So you never sensed any shift in your relationship. It was just really as Aon Station got underway. Yeah, yeah no,
2: that's for sure. I think the shift, though, definitely we came over that whole 2010 period, right? Meaning. um, how are we doing it? You know, where are we going? Cause it was really was focused, but it was just taking a lot longer than we expected, but we were trying really hard. I mean, we had finished versions in 2013, right? You know, yeah. we were, we were, and then we had finished versions in 2016. Like we were mastering these things.
0: Did you have an initial moment where Charles either said something or sorry, did sorry. something where you were like, Oh shit. We're, I think this is going to be uh, we're going to be mired in some shit here.
2: Um, you know, I think we've always
0: been so supportive of
2: each other in every, in every way we could, right? You know, um, it certainly is no uh, private thing, but I think, you know, I think when Charles posted, you know, on Facebook at one point that his best years were behind him and all this, and he listened to the record and didn't like it to some extent, Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that we as a band were not happy with that. And why we were not happy with that was really, as we always have done is, is in protection of a brother.
1: Right. right.
2: You know, it's sort of like, you know, you can kind of say a lot of shitty things around the kitchen table, but you just don't say it out in the street.
1: Right. I think yeah, it's yeah. the way we
2: always have been, you know, it's like, we don't need to say that because people really like the music and why are, we don't need to front end it. You know, I, I've always believed you don't need to leave. Look, look, look what we just went through with Peter Gabriel. I mean, you know, people love music and they get it. They don't need to be led. They hate it, frankly. Yeah, and that's why I yeah, also think the right, metal Lands is right. so successful. The metal was so successful just because we lucked out with a couple key people in the right time right place right record but it was also nobody gave a shit
0: nobody. right 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 you were able to connect with that deep thing because of that and
2: that yeah people love that outsider like stuff like oh my god i never ever imagined like people kind of hate follow ups it's really kind of i don't know i've grown to just despise it over all these years
1: your style of songwriting, is, there's this kind of hard on sleeve sort of style, you know, the, the, a very kind of confessional style of songwriting. Yeah. You, you're you not, you know, you're not, like not going to make it like a McCartney song about a guy going down and drinking a cup of tea. some <laughs> Random character. <laughs> it's not really your style. So it, it kind of feels like listening to the Aeon Station record. We're kind of, you know, we're kind of checking back in on you um, from where you were at, you know, all those years before in the Meadowlands um it, it seems like uh, some of these songs kind of have a different kind of perspective there's kind of a i don't know really, if you really you call it wisdom or sort of an acceptance of things maybe more optimism do you would you yeah agree with that? well
2: thank you i think it's exactly right i mean you know i'm never going to have this experience again where i've written songs in my mid-30s and released it you know my early 50s mm-hmm. just it's just never going to it's never going to happen again but i do think you know Uh, You know, where the Meadowlands was sort of like, well, I can't get a job together and I kind of can't keep a girlfriend, you know, in place or keep friends together or whatever. I don't know how to pay rent. I think this record was over the span of, you know, wow, you know, now I'm getting married and I'm having children Mm -hmm. and now I have to kind of, you know, pay a mortgage and, you know, I have to stop pretending I'm going to be somebody else that I'm not. And so I do think the record like that. And then also, I, I do think I wasn't prepared for my forties and boy, it can punch you in the face. Man, like is, it a, never is, it, is
0: it objectively a puddle of diarrhea?
2: <laughs> it is just, yeah, guys. I mean, you know, whatever. Right. And, you know, and then, you know, like I have, I have kind of shared, you know, I've had two children and, and, you know, to, you know, to find out your one child has autism and where that kind of goes. I mean, and, you know, and I've had issues with, you know, you, you kind of go through your work changes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's profound and it gets really heavy. And then I think you kind of, then as you do get older, you're sort of like, you know, screw it, right? right. You know, everyone yes, else yeah. is kind of in there. And I think I got to a point, and then with COVID and all that kind of stuff, I was like, you know what? It's just not, nothing's going to change except if I change,
1: right? Yeah, you know,
2: right. and and that was it. And I've struggled you know, with my son, and I believed. Oh, and you know, and the heartbreak, and this and that. And now I'm like, no, I'm just a different person, right? And and you mm-hmm. know, I love him more than I could ever imagine, and he's wonderful. And we have a great experience. And so is my also son, who's neurotypical. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's just, and then like kind of like with the relationship with the band is <clears throat> what people don't realize is yeah, it's it's a metalhead's follow up, but it's been my life. Mm-hmm. Like I've never mm-hmm. not dreamed about having that record out. As absurd, <clears throat> as absurd as it might sound. It's actually the truth, right? You now yeah. it's it's
1: crazy, it's yeah. crazy. Well, you have the you have a really, especially with with your fan base, you have kind of a two way relationship with them. You know, it's uh, you're very empathetic. You know, as a as a songwriter, like for me, I'm a fan. You know, I, I relate to this record a lot because I, I think I'm I feel like I'm moving there with you, kind of. You know, like
0: every few days I call Joe and I say, "Why is Charles taking our album away?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> I think know, the, the song Everything at Once in particular that I think that so that one really kind of encapsulates yeah. it for me it's kind of a choice how you tend to look at things you know you can look at things that, that are you can choose to remember the things that are more difficult or you know you can
2: exactly you know, you know it's uh it's a hundred percent right and, uh, and and thank you because that's all to my humble Ability, right? It had to be good, right? Because we just did a review of somebody who's a master, right? Mm -hmm. And we're still just that was pretty shitty. So I still hold like, hey, it's got to be good to whatever I can kind of do, and uh, but really, the honest to god goal was. The more transparent I could be, it's so cliche, but it really is like maybe somebody will be like, Yeah, no, I kind of get what he's talking about. Or, right, yeah, that's the melody put to this right kind of emotion. So, yeah, I thank you. That's like the nicest review.
0: I've heard the Aeon Station record a number of times, and I'm kind of curious if there is a resentment to obviously, it's going to be in some way, shape, or form be seen in the light of recent events, but I'm wondering if there's a resentment towards charles for all the years of uh of inactivity uh, in your discography uh or is uh, an station you making peace with that or neither Oof. or am i just looking for a question <clears throat> in what could have been just an organic conversation
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i think it's 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 a, it's a hard question to be honest with you because you know you don't want to live with regret And I think I would have regretted not putting the record out. So that's for sure. I didn't, I I just sadly did not want to wait anymore. I didn't see the pros, the pros of waiting, you know, because, you know, this, this shit is not Jenga. You cannot orchestrate it to some sort of perfection landing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it is never going to work out that way. So I wouldn't say resentment. I, I, you know, because, because I lived each and every year with the belief that it was coming out. When you look at that, that's a different question. Is, like, he, is, like, he,
0: is he pissed?
2: I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, of course, I think we're all pissed. I think we'd have to say that each one of us is pissed because, like I said, it's all four that have lived into this dream in whatever way you can, right? I mean, it's just, like I said, you know, we, we're we still in debt. We've always, like, we're that kind of band, right? You know, we still believed. Yeah. And it was also like a mission to, like, it was a greater mission of what the four could possibly do together, and when you try to separate the four and say, well, you know, someone did X, someone did Y, someone did Z, no one cares. Mm-hmm. They just don't care. Because it's not the way they're kind of viewing music or art, right? Well, Especially so I, when I know
0: people who were in relationships and they were just kind of straggling along. And then Gosh. one of the two uh, fooled around with somebody outside their relationship. Right. And that woke everybody up. And um and then they they got married or, you know, whatever, they went to the next phase yeah, of the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Is is that what's gonna happen with you guys, you think, or it's too early to tell?
2: Yeah, um, I would certainly say that, you know, uh I lovingly started the band when I was eighteen. I've never I got to said it over and over again, I've n i have would never leave the band. I the the Rens has always been my life and I love it. Um and I'm super I must confess I'm extra proud of, you know, this, this Eon Station record and what it does just for songs and for music in whatever way it'll be accepted. Um, but I do know that what I had done for 14 years wasn't working.
1: Right, right. So I
2: had to do something there. And then there was sort of like some new stipulations that were put upon an over 30 year relationship that at the moment I just could not accept.
0: Yeah. You know
2: what I mean? It's like, well, until we can figure out what needs to be accepted, I'm going to enjoy music. And, uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes that, that, that relationship broadening, uh, because if you do the same thing over and over again, right. The whole definition stuff. Right.
1: right. Do you have the itch to make another one out? This one's kind of out there and has gotten very nicely received and it, does, and it must be very vindicating. Do you feel like you're maybe do another one of these next year or something?
2: Um, it's always sort of like the same way of just always doing music and having it enjoying, right. Just to do it. Uh, but you did, I a do lot of, you did a lot of
1: this s- one fairly quickly, right?
2: You know, it's funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tom Brojour, you know, I, I also can't highlight enough Jerry McDonald, who is always, who is the Renz drummer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he recorded six songs actually
0: in like five hours. Well, here, here's, here's the thing, which is kind of a mind fuck for me. Um, this is the biggest mindfuck this record for me is um, there's no way I could tell you which songs you've been working on for years and years and which song you recorded in an afternoon
2: that's the nicest compliment because you know that, and I would also say that thank you. It's very it's it's sort of like a fun game, especially with the lyric content and then the whole thing. But it's was very, also pumped, it's, but that's
0: very that odd. Was, what what's the story there? I mean how I, do mean, you,
1: I, I mean I can guess. I I don't I don't I, yeah. I would imagine that's probably not the way you write, right? You're, you're not writing like it's not like you're doing good vibrations or something. You kind of write a song yeah, right? and you, you know you yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, right. It's uh right. I'm I mean, not
0: deeping yeah, a direct conveyance of an idea.
2: And that's sort of also like where the Reds were going out to the metal ends. We knew and Charles and I talked about it for hours. Ages, we could not all of a sudden do and you know everyone is tempted by doing their electronic record Mm -hmm. or whatever or some sort of jazz free shit whatever it might be but we knew that we could not do that you kind of can't go sort of off who you are but anyway so I think with the with, with the Eon Station record you know not only was Jerry able to kind of because he was dying. He was chomping at the bits. You figure he's been a drummer his whole life with mm-hmm. school for drumming. Like he's a drummer's drummer and he was just dying to get in the studio. He did six songs in a couple hours and it was really Tom Beaujour who kind of had the conversation with me. He's like, you know, we got to make this look right. It can't, you can't come in and be, you know, all different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that really kind of helped. Uh, that really kind of helped seam the, the records together. And also I think it was being older and just like, I'm just going to sing really, really kind of to the boat.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So well, so, so, Eon Station, is is this a band or is it you with a band name swapped out for Kevin Whelan? Is it a long-term plan uh, or have you not necessarily gotten there yet as far as making that, that decision?
2: I don't, I don't think I've gotten there, but it's definitely band in that way of of heart, right? You know, mm-hmm. with me and Jerry and you know, of course my brothers kind of helped out in Tom, what he did, you know, and I anyone that knows me personally is I'm a massive fan of collaborations.
0: Mm-hmm. Obviously
2: I've lived in the Rens my whole life. I just think people do better. Like look, look at you guys. Like this show is just infinitely better because it's two of you. It just helps. Right. No right. matter what you do and you know and there's always complimentary parts and all that kind of stuff. So I've just I have never been like these solo guys that like strum guitars and shit just that also drives me insane. So I'm definitely not that person.
0: So uh, th- do you think with the, the the quick pace that you're able to work with in, in the new setup, uh, that there isn't really a sense of lost time for you? Because if you can work that quickly and, uh, and do it at a high level like that, uh, you know, maybe you don't need to be sitting on that all things must pass kind of backlog <laughs> yeah the backlog maybe it's just it it just come it comes to you and comes out fast it's uh well
2: yeah I I have to tell you and it really did kind of it's one of those things it's like it comes out fast after 17 years or right right, years, right right it's sort of like it is one of those but yeah, what, were, what
0: right. were you doing in those intervening years are you were you making other songs that are now sitting aside for some part, of, project? It,
2: part of it I was just like just waiting and just sort of strumming the guitar like g's and d's and c chords and just uh-huh. sitting around whatever so there really wasn't like a focused writing you know uh it wasn't that's that's why it's it's sort of i'm telling you i'm just sharing with you guys because you you guys are you know songwriters and the music like this um those songs half the record was probably written top to bottom in maybe a couple weeks and it was recorded in three days mm-hmm. like that you know at least a good half of the record. everything because when jerry i knew that we recorded last december 18th we went into the studio uh a week before that we barely had forms for the songs Mm -hmm. so it was kind of fun and um yeah i think this and you know it's kind of which is the weird part the Rens have always kind of had that too like it's a lot of sloppy playing on those things we were sort of like Mm -hmm. we would take a long time to make a decision that the first take was fine
0: the the interesting thing about about you guys now that i think about it although it never previously struck me is that the Wrens have a you know very concerted lyrical focus on right. missed opportunities and the cruel passage of time but right. uh, in when you really look at it or if you really parse your career a lot of the quote unquote missed opportunities were very conscious decisions that you guys were making as a band
2: it's it's 100,000% right you know um, because you know you're the old thing you're right right you're good at and we just we, you know we really we never made it and we knew it which is kind of interesting even when we were kind of being you know appreciated we, we never made it you know and uh, and whatever it, know it,
0: whatever it is,
1: uh, whatever it is whatever well, you know
2: it's so funny we did we saw it. You know what I mean? Like we saw it with Connor and Bright Eyes. We saw it with the arcade.
1: Yeah, a band that I think of as like a model for what you guys could have, the like a level you could have gotten to is like a band like The National or something. So I could definitely have seen you guys hitting that kind of, you know, level of success.
2: And you know what's so funny? Charles would laugh, right? Because they were always like my nemesis. The national. <laughs> right? Because I was just like, how the F did they make it? You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I mean, I get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not flagging on them. Like I totally get it wide his voice and yeah. the, these long kind of songs. Right. But it was just like, it, but then you kind of get into that phase too, you know, John, Trey, all these musicians were like, there are just some that win the lottery ticket and you kind of can't be jealous of someone who wins a lottery ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the way the game goes, you know? Um,
0: well, so you certainly can. Be jealous of someone who won a lottery <laughs> ticket. Um, you can hate them. You can despise them. But you, but you're not. You're <clears throat> you're clearly at peace with yourself by the way you carry yourself, even over the phone. Um, but you very much can be, you know, seething in resentment. <laughs> but but ah. the fact of the matter is, uh, when I look at your life from the outside, I don't see somebody who's racked with. Uh, with the kind of like shoulder slump defeat that a lot of the characters. In you know what though? Uh, I, I kind of can't believe
2: I'm sharing this, but the reality is I definitely make best work when I'm atomically pissed off. Uh, so I would definitely say, I would definitely say that in each one of these in 2013, when I did half of the, the record, I was atomically, masterfully upset and not happy. Right. And then I would say in this second half, I was, I think anger is, I know it seems weird because it doesn't come that It doesn't come across that way because we've always been a little You know, kind of, you know, nicey However you want to say it Yeah, and the
1: record's kind of, a l- lot of parts of it are very pretty Yeah, it
2: doesn't come across angry But it's definitely made with an angry spirit, for sure yeah. Hopeful, but still right, You know, <clears throat> I heard a great quote lately Which I kind of like that not Everything everything good started off With someone being pissed off You know <laughs> <Yeah.
0: clears throat> yeah. And you kind
2: of look at everything It's just like, huh yeah, that probably somebody was
0: upset and they went and did something. and Yeah, you know, yeah. the Wrens, uh, you know, they they were or are, uh, I guess we'll find that out, right? <laughs> a unique band that left something unique behind, uh, or continues to leave something unique behind. Uh, what do you think is the band's true legacy? I mean, who are you? Who are you singing for and to?
2: Oh wow, what a great question.
0: I, I think that we were singing to
2: everyone that loves a mission of art and uh, artistic expression and found that it had to be part of their life and not all of their life. You know, so I really do think right. it really is. It's they really are the New Jersey blue collar kind of band. That's who we were. Humble beginnings. We
0: achieved humble heights and, uh, and still had a good time doing it. You achieved more than humble heights. I mean, you you had with with the Meadowlands, you had a, a long streak there. Where you were able yeah. to milk from that, and it's
1: not—it's pretty rare that a record like that, even all these many years later, people still really care. You know, there's—you yeah. know—you can see it in social media. You can see it if you follow it's kind nice. of any music blogs. You know, there are people who are really still like you know that, that the record has a real staying power. Yep, um, that's, and that's it's that—that's uh, that's rare. You know, so that—that's it, that's, it is. that's kind of the best kind of achievement, really. You
2: know, like I said, you know, you you live it, you know music, and you love it. It's like it's—it's it's a long road to get here, so it's really really nice, and and I truly. It is is great to share it with people who are just you know really cool. So it's very very lucky. Well, yeah, thank true.
0: you, thank you so much for that. That means a thank lot coming from you. Yeah,
1: it's been super nice talking to you. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks so much evening. for coming. Thank you news.
2: for taking all the time away from your families and your your life to do this. I mean, really, thank
0: you so you much. Are, you are you the immaculate sweetheart. Please <laughs> um, uh, listen, if, if and when you come through this way on a tour and you need anything whatsoever, you could please uh, be in touch and let us know. We're there. Okay. Thank you.
2: We'll do it. Take you up on that. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Kevin. All All right, Kevin. We'll be in touch soon. All right. Take care, man. Bye-bye now. All right. bye. Bye.